We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. The Bible says in the last days, the love of many is going to do what? The love of many will what? Wax cold. This is insinuating that people will give up on God's way of doing things. In the last days, people will recant and go back on what they said God told them. That changed everything in the last day because their love has waxed cold. Yeah. So it insinuates that people will give up on God's way of doing things. Matthew 24 and 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall what? Wax cold. Amen. The main reason people give up on God's way is because they got no results trying it his way or they did not have his way presented to them properly. Amen. Not every church needs to reopen because, amen, because some are not presenting God's way properly. Amen. So not all of them need to open up again. It's hard to find a church today where it ain't all about the money. Four or five offerings in 45 minutes of service. Amen. I thank God we come here and you don't get beat up over your money. Amen. Don't even talk about it. Talk about your money in here. Amen. Some churches you go to, you got to Shake 10 homosexuals' hand to even get to the seat. Thank God, ain't nobody flamboyant in here. Amen. Amen. You know, I take a lot of backlash. A lot of folks hate me. A lot of problems, all of that. We take a lot to try to keep that element out of here. All elements. Amen. We want a place where we can, you know, just, just, just try to Focus on what, what's important. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Just what's important. We got great music, but we don't make it about the music. We got service without the music. Amen? So like I said, all churches don't need to be having church. Proverbs 19 and 3. The foolishness of man does what? It perverteth his way. And his heart fretteth what? Foolishness makes a man's heart fret against the Lord. Foolishness makes a man just cause problems. Amen? And some men are just, what's that dude that used to play on uh, the Flintstones? Slep Rock. Remember him? Like wherever he went, something bad happened. Tornado would come. Y'all don't remember that? See, this, this generation. Y'all didn't watch the Flintstones. That's too old. Amen. See, that's too old. Y'all like Spongebob and all that new stuff. Amen. That LGBT stuff. You know, Flintstone. Fred was married. Barney was married. Fred lifting them boulders, breaking up boulders. That was his job. He was a man. Feet big and ashy. No real man cartoon. Amen. <laughs> now, you know, they didn't even feminize the cartoons back then. 
They was like real men. Amen. Voice deep. <laughs> Amen. But a foolish, some people are like that guy Schleprock, where they just, uh, uh, you know, they just, where they go, just foolishness and calamity follows. And they fret against the Lord because they just make bad decisions all the time. Amen. And that's why we have heroes here. We have heroes to help us to not make bad choices as men. Amen. And everything don't need to be brought before the women. Some stuff need to be handled in a man session. Amen. That's why we do it. I ain't up here trying to embarrass no man in front of his wife. Trying to make you look as good as you can in front of her. Because that's your woman. And your house. Amen. So we try to keep men from, you know, just making dumb choices. Amen. And we going to make some dumb choices. Anybody ever made a dumb choice? You're going to make, you're going to do something. But I thank God we got so many men in here that you, you know, you're going to get passed around like a plate of grits. For, you know, trying to straighten you up. Okay, you talk to them. No, okay, now your turn to talk. Ain't that what happened in here? Keep you from doing something stupid? Amen. That's why I don't want to be in no church full of women. Can't do that. They're going to side with you every time. Amen. That's what, like some pastors, they don't want no men in there. They want to make decisions that nobody questions. But real men be like, uh, maybe not. Either way, the issue is a lack of what? It's an issue. True prayer. Either by them or by the person teaching and leading them. So you got to pray and then the leader got to pray. True. Look at someone and say true prayer. Luke 18 and 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end. That men are what? Always what? To pray and not stop. Keep praying. So that's the problem. Prayer. 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 Amen. Folks just making head choices and head decisions because it seems like it makes sense. Instead of praying before the decision is made. There has to be prayer put to it. That's how you play chess. You can't play chess with your head because you're not smart enough. You need the Holy Ghost to give you the moves to make. So that you don't regret decisions. Amen. So, without prayer, a believer is fruitless and lacks the faith to endure until the end. You must commune with God and his word to know him. Amen. And this don't mean just getting down and talking and then getting up and say that you pray. Because if none of your prayers are being answered, then something is wrong with the way you pray. I know a lot of people that believe they're prayer warriors. But the spirit realm don't believe it. Amen. Because everything the devil wanted to do, he kept doing. Can I preach in here? So you must commune with God and his word to know him. 
Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that seek him. So this comes with time spent with the Lord. This doesn't come with time just sitting in church. Look at somebody and say, sitting in here is not enough. Look at somebody and say, sitting in here is not enough. It's not enough. It's, it's, it's not enough. It's just not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You're not going to make it if that's what you're doing. There has to be more. Prayer is the hardest thing to do in the flesh. Anybody believe that? Prayer is the hardest thing to do. Now, when you're in trouble, you're good at it. Words just come from everywhere, don't they, when you're in trouble? You just, I mean, words everywhere. Hey, Lord, but we don't have words. You got sounds. And you know you piercing through. Oh, I see you, Lord. Oh, oh, I saw him. When you're in trouble. Prayer is easy. It just comes natural. It just flows when you're in trouble. Amen. But when things are going good, I catch the Lord tomorrow. Yeah, I catch him tomorrow. He'll still be there. He said he'd never leave. <laughs> I catch him tomorrow. But it's the hardest thing. This is as a Christian and a believer, prayer is the hardest thing to do. It definitely is the hardest thing. Why do you think that is? Why is prayer the hardest thing to do? Because it's the most effective thing you can do. Wouldn't that make sense? If it's the hardest thing to do, something don't want you to do it. And it's your flesh. Because your flesh knows that the more prayer, the less power it has. Man, see. Yeah. Your flesh knows what you want to do, how you're thinking, your decision, all of that gets limited by the spirit when you spend time in prayer. So the more prayer, the less flesh. That's why your flesh does everything to inhibit your prayers. I mean, the minute you make a prayer schedule, the flesh start making you get a headache or something. Yeah. Yeah, I had somebody tell me that if you got problems sleeping, all you got to do is pray. And the devil will put you to sleep. I don't want the devil putting me to sleep. No, I don't want him blowing his fire in my eyes. I'd rather be awake. Yeah, they used to tell us that. <laughs> I don't need the devil putting me to sleep. Just talk to the Lord. You'll just fall right to sleep, but the devil don't want you doing that. I, I don't think I'm going to make a deal with him. <laughs> Take some melatonin or whatever that is. I, I'm not, no. I don't need the devil's help. But it is. It's the hardest thing to do in the flesh. It is our flesh that hinders our communion with the spirit realm. 
That's what happened in the garden. So before man did what he wanted to do and his flesh got in the way, he was able to commune freely with God. But once he did what he did in the garden, disobeyed God, then it changed everything. Then his flesh became his master. Now you have to fight the flesh to gain the spirit. Amen. People come to church and have an emotional experience. Did you get saved? Yeah. How you know? Because I cried and I cried. Somebody cried all night long. But I cried and I cried. I thought I just couldn't stop crying. Oh, okay. We'll check back in a couple of weeks. Amen. Once your flesh woke up and started countering your spirit. Amen. So Galatians 5 and 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are what? They're what? Contrary, the one to the other, so that you can't do the things that you would. So the things you want to do, you can't do because your flesh comes in and takes over to overpower your spirit man, to force you to not be able to do it. Amen? The devil wants your flesh in charge. So you don't even look at things spiritually. When you don't look at things spiritually, you don't know what's the devil and what's you. Sometimes you don't know what's the devil and what's the Holy Ghost. You think because it looks good, feels good, and it's a good idea, it must be God. No, it don't work that way. It could look good and feel good and be a a, a good idea for now, but turn into a bad idea later. That's why you need the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They're contrary. So your flesh lusts against. So there's always this war of the spirit and the flesh going on in your mind. Amen. As men's heart grow cold toward God's truth and his truth preachers, it can taint the very atmosphere that we pray in. Causing disbelief to do what? Causing disbelief to do what? So disbelief can hinder prayers. The first sin in the Bible was not disobedience. It was unbelief that led to disobedience. Yeah, Eve disobeyed, but she didn't believe what God told her. And that's why she disobeyed. It's always unbelief. Amen. And it only takes a grain of it to form in you, to cause you to stop believing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the devil wants you powerless and wants to affect you, your home, your finances, your your, your futures, your children, all of that, he'll plant this unbelief in you because unbelief is going to hinder your prayers you'll be praying for real but if there's unbelief in there the prayers don't work hey I, I, ain't I preaching I know I'm preaching that's why some folks can't make it in here because where we're going with this end time thing we got to have believers in here 
Amen. That's why somebody's picking up the phone now calling you to plant just a, all it has to be is just a little, wow. ah, little grain. Just let me put this, let, let me just, like they say, let me just set this right here. What is that? Just unbelief. Unbelief in what he's teaching. Unbelief in who he is. Unbelief in his wife. Unbelief in the hero. Unbelief in the message. Unbelief. Just, just, just all it has to be is a little bit. And that little bit will blossom and grow into a plant like Jack and the Beanstalk. That little seed is not big enough for folks to just climb down it. I know I'm preaching. You know, I ask God questions. That's what I do. So I ask him questions, and that's what it is. Unbelief. I don't believe anymore. Yeah, but a year ago you did. What happened? Just a little seed. Yeah. It don't matter. Five years, ten years. It don't matter how long. All it takes is a seed. And that branch will keep growing. And get bigger and bigger in your mind. Ain't nothing else changed. What changed? It's unbelief. And that unbelief will hinder your prayers. Jesus came. They called Jesus and said, hey, come and heal this girl. You got to heal her. And all of them, and, and Jesus was like, oh, what, what y'all worried about? She's just sleeping. And they all mocked him and started laughing. Oh, look at this man. He don't know what he talking. He just, no, no, no. You know, and I told y'all about that. I'm going to still do that message on the uh, blaspheme in the Holy Ghost. Because that's what it is. They hated Jesus. So anything he did, they demonized. And mocked. And that's blaspheming. Just because they didn't like him. They blasphemed the spirit that worked through him. Here it is, right here. They just laughed. The Bible said, Mark 5 and 40. And they laughed him to scorn. Meaning they just start talking about it. You can't do this. Who you think you are? So the Bible said, and you know, they, they paint Jesus as that little, you know, in the paintings. And, no, no. The Bible says, but when he had put them all out, Ain't no love. Uh-uh. You can't put people out. Y'all stop. Get out of here. No, no. The Bible said he put them all out. Why did he put them out? Because they didn't believe. He know, okay, now I got to perform a miracle, but I, this situation calls for a miracle, but I can't have folks that don't believe around. Amen. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't have side talk and naysay. And folks jawing and coming in here and being one thing and going home and being something else. Can't have that. Can't have folk talking and jawing. And, uh, just can't have it. Not in this hour. Fourth quarter. Just a few seconds left on the clock. Amen. Who we giving the ball to? <laughs> if Jay get the ball, I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> you care what Delvin them say. <laughs> <But> Mark, 
He said that they put him, he, when he put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel because they obviously believed. And them that were with him. So he took his crew in there because they believed and entered in where the damsel was lying. And what did Jesus do? He healed. But the naysay had to go. Amen. The naysay had to go. He just got a bounce. Because this requires a miracle. Sometimes it's vain repetitions that hinder prayers. These are useless phrases used to enhance or make a prayer more powerful. If you have those, dump them. Amen. Get out of your prayer practice thing that you say all the time because you feel like that God likes to hear that. Talk to him. Talk to, commune with him. Have a conversation. Be real with him. Expose your heart to him. Don't come to him with a practice prayer. Guide me, oh ye great Jehovah. Get me through this barren land. I can just see God just. I can just see the Lord. Oh, I hate that song. Why does it always thunder, lightning, and hail every time we sing it? God just like, I hate that song. Tornado always comes. No, no, vain repetition. He don't want to hear that. And then people think it's more powerful when they say that. These are useless phrases used to enhance or make a prayer more powerful. You don't make a prayer more powerful. Amen. The results of the prayer is what has to be powerful. Matthew 6 and 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, I tell you all all the time, the Catholic Church, it's like when Constantine and all them when they were getting, getting ready to form this religion, it's like they took the Bible and said, let's just go against everything Jesus said. How about that? I mean, just everything. Because the vain repetition, that's them. Omni Padre, Sile, Spirito Sante, just vain repetitions. Amen. People lose faith in God and begin to be offended in him because they kept petitioning because what they kept petitioning for never came to pass. You know, some folks, and I, I preached the whole sermon, am I mad at God? Because some folks just mad at God. They're just mad at God for what they did. Then when it all went to snot, they got mad at God. I prayed about it, but you didn't wait for the answer. Oh, I didn't get many amens. Let me say that again. You didn't wait for the answer. Uh, it's more than just praying. You need to wait for the answer. Amen. A lot of y'all get answered on Sunday morning in here, don't you? How many of you did the Lord answer you? Why would you plant yourself somewhere and can't get no answers from the message? But a lot of people get offended because 
What they kept petitioning for never came to pass. This is why it's so important, listen, to submit yourself to leadership that can help you understand the will of God. I mean, I can understand it for myself. I got a Bible. I just read it for myself. Okay. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible said he gave some prophets, some pastors, some evangelists, some teachers for the edifying of the body. I mean, I know we're living in an independent society where folks don't need leadership. At least they feel they don't. But that they change something because the Bible says they do. Amen. Bible says, Hebrew 13 and 17, obey them that have what? Rule. The rule over you and do what? Amen. Submit yourself. Oh, that's talking about slaves. Because <laughs> you know that's what they're going to ban next. The Bible. Because they had slaves. Yeah. Didn't they remove Woodrow Wilson from something? Who is that they removed from something? Not H M R. I know that. I'm talking about a president. Woodrow Wilson? Because he was racist. John, the Duke. So you know what they're coming for. This is a perfect setup. Oh, yeah. What they coming for? What they coming for? The Bible. Does the Bible go against homosexuals? Yeah, that's, that's next on the list. They're going to ban the Bible. Then they're going to ban the preachers. Yeah. Then what you going to do? Independent, don't need the church folks. Don't need a pastor folks. I can do this at home on the internet. What you going to do when they ban them all off the internet? We gonna be right here. Amen. We gonna be right here. Amen. Bring it on. Bring it on. Handcuffs and all. I be preaching cuffed. Then I'm gonna start a jail ministry. Hey, man, y'all ain't ready for the end time. Look at you. You know, some folks just leave church because they scared. Mm-hmm, they just scared. Just punked out in the end times. Amen. I'm ready to stand. Amen. Obey them that have rule over you. Talking about pastors. That's what this is talking about. Leadership in the church. And submit yourselves. And the reason I know is because they watch for your what? Souls. They ain't talking about the president. He ain't watching for your soul. Slave master. Ain't no slave master watching for nobody's soul. Whip your soul out of you. Nah, I ain't talking about, no, no. This is talking about leadership, the presbytery. Leadership in the church. Obey them that have rule over you and do what? Submit yourselves. For they watch for your soul. It sounds like such a bad thing now because folks don't grow up under that. They don't grow up under leadership in their homes or, or submitting. And so they think, if I do that, somebody's going to take advantage of me. They immediately think of the bad. Not knowing that God has called men to do this the right way. There are some men that will do this the right way. The Bible said that they must give an account. So if they're not doing it the right way, 
God going to deal with them. They must give an account. That they may do it with joy and what? Not grief. Because it's unprofitable for you if you're getting on the pastor's nerve with foolishness. That's bad for you. Amen. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. Amen. Some folk just walk in grief. People that assume they know their own way can frustrate themselves because they have no guidance. Isn't that something? Person that assumes that they know their own, assume they know their own way can frustrate themselves because they have no guidance. Our world is full of self-taught Christians, Lord have mercy, that never truly embrace the wise counsel that God sent to them. Amen. God's going to answer you in your prayer through the word. You're going to pray. You're going to see the word. But sometimes, a lot of times, most times, your answer is going to come from a person. Because God wants you to need a person. Yeah. Yeah. Most of you in here don't ever have to send me an email because your, your question got answered during the message. Right? That's how you know you in the church you're supposed to be in because all your stuff get addressed. Proverbs 11 and 14, where no counsel is, what happens? Y'all believe the Bible? Let me read it again then. Where, there, where no counsel is, what happened to the people? But in the multitude of what? Counselors. There's what? far from God because they they what? They just never commune with him. They ask him for something and then go on believing that if they ask again, they lack faith in the first prayer. Yeah. I can't pray for it again. I already prayed for that. So I'm just believing. If I pray again, then I, I don't have faith. Where did you get that from? That is not the truth. That is not the case. So they ask him for something, and then they go on believing that if they ask again, they lack faith in the first prayer. James 5 and 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay. Does this sound like a one-time prayer? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Effectual, fervent. That means you don't back off of it if it's fervent. Of a righteous man does what? Availeth much. Intercession and petitions are never one-time requests. What is a petition with one signature going to do? That ain't no petition. What is a petition if you try to hand it to him? He said, no, I'm not reading that. Then it ain't a petition. You get, pick it up. No, no, no. This is a petition. We're petitioning you. We're not giving up until we get what we want. Ain't that what a petition is? Intercession and petitions are never one-time requests. The very word intercede and petition means persistence. I got a good example too. Ooh, he got on my nerves on his birthday. Where's Jonathan? <laughs> he wanted Mario Tennis on his, what's that thing? Switch. 
Where is he? Oh, he's back there. Okay. Oh, okay. He's back there hiding. Okay. He wanted Mario Tennis on his switch. And I said, and when I saw the price, okay, first of all, the game, the, the little game cartridge is the size of a thumbtack. I don't want to pay that much for nothing that little. Have y'all seen them little games? What is that? It's just a little chip. There's a, a chicklet. It's like 50 bucks. He had some gift cards, so he got the price down. He wanted me to pay the rest. I was like, Jonathan, no. I don't want to get you that. No. So he left. Came back with the machine. Daddy, can I get Mario Tennis? Then we just discussed this. No, I'm not getting that game. I, I just that costs too much. A couple of hours later, came back. Daddy, we really need to get Mario Tennis. I said, you ain't gonna play it but once, and then I pay this money, and you gonna just play it once. No. He, this time he didn't leave. He just sat there. And he sat there. I'm trying to do something else, and he just right there. I said, this boy, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and told me, he's petitioning you. So I, I went ahead and bought it for him. It was his birthday. <laughs> so I went ahead, went ahead and got it for him. But the Lord did speak to me. At that minute, he said, this is a petition. Because I was working on the sermon earlier, and I mean, it's just a perfect example of it. He wore me down. I was tired of looking at it. He, well, he, he won that round. <laughs> Amen. But that's how God is. Amen. And he pulled every card. He pulled a cute card. I look just like you when I was your age. When you was this age card, he did try them all to get what he wanted. Amen. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to come for him. Interceding and petitioning him for something. Amen. And as long as it lines up in the word, he's promised it to you. You're just going to get what he promised. Daniel 6 and 13. This is a very good example of this. Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but he does what? He pray, open up a window and prays out of the window to his God and makes a petition against all of this foolishness. How many times a day? Three times a day. Now, if the first prayer would work, why would he do it three times a day? And then why would he do it every day three times? Because he knew I'm dealing with princes and powers and spirits of the air that I got to break through to get what I want. It's not just about this window opening. I'm trying to break through certain atmospheres. There wasn't nobody in the Bible saver than Daniel. Daniel was the safest of the saved. You better believe it, Jack. Amen. Three times a day. Summary! Oh, this is a good word. The prayer of faith.
begins with believing that God can do it and will do it according to his will. The intercession and petition keeps him what? Close. So, so that while you're waiting on it, he can commune and fellowship with you. That's why you don't just pray and leave. You're building communion with him while you wait. To pray one time for something and then believe it's going to happen without petition is prideful. You think you're special. Who do you think you are? And Daniel prayed three times. Who did? You truly believe you are better than Daniel, the great intercessor that petitioned God three times a day? Paul, who sought the Lord three times for his thorn in the flesh and still didn't get it answered. That's Paul. Elijah, who prayed seven times for rain, and David, who wrote hundreds of psalms petitioning God for the same things persistently. There would be no book of psalms if you could just say it one time and it would happen. Persistent and consistent prayers build a relationship with God so that we will know him. In order to be close to him, you must spend time in prayer with him. No one has a formula for prayer and no one can teach you to pray. That's your relationship with the Lord. And the same with prayer. Anybody teach you how to go before God? You go before God. You go before him with your heart. Pure. We don't know what you're doing. So what I'm telling you to go before God and say may not work at all because you hiding something I don't know about. Can I preach in here? Oh, you can say the Lord's Prayer all you want. Jesus gave you the formula for prayer. That don't mean it's going to work for you. Depends on your heart. Your confidence. Or if there's unbelief in there. Or unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will cancel the whole prayer out. Can I keep preaching? No one has a formula for prayer. No one can teach you to pray. When you want him close, you will simply draw close to him. When you want him close. You've done it before when you got in trouble. Play like you in trouble. That'll work for a lot of folks. You turned the TV off and went on a dry mouth fast. Your lips crusted over. You didn't eat for weeks when you thought the law was coming. You woke up and heard the tow truck outside. You know that sound. And it was just next door. That wasn't even for you. But it reminded you that a payment needed to be made quick, fast, and a hurry. You push the plate back. You turn the Apple TV off. Hit the remote. You hit the remote. And sought God seven times. Now you know, don't play. You know how to get before the Lord. Everybody's done it before. So you just simply draw close to him. When you want to commune with him, you petition him for it. 
When you want his will, you seek him for it. It's plain and simple to do. Look at somebody say, it's plain and simple to do. It's plain and simple to do. But the flesh makes it hard because it wars against your spirit to do it consistently. Most importantly, we must never give up. Look at somebody say, never give up. Oh, if you waited to the end times to quit, I just don't even know what to make of you. Like the devil isn't doing more now than he's ever done before. This is the time where the devil is doing. <laughs> I mean, he's in his final bag. This is all he has left. This last push. This is, this, these are the big guns. And then I told y'all, nothing's behind this. This is it. This is it. This is it. They're already meeting, bringing all the world leaders together to make the one world economic system. It's happening right now. They're putting it together. They're going to meet. I forgot where they're meeting at. Over in, I forgot where they're going. But they're putting a meeting together for what? When is it? 20, it's 2021. 2021 is the year where they're coming together. One world, everything grandmama and granddaddy told you. One world government, all of it's coming together. It's going to be one currency, going to be one world, going to be whatever. And they're going to shoot everybody up with this vaccine. This vaccine is artificial intelligence. They put nanites in you so they can read you. They need you six feet apart so they can make sure it's you. Everything you've ever heard is, is happening right now. Yeah. Right now. This is not, look at somebody say, this is not the time to wild out. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you're going to need, man, you're going to need the saints. You got, we going to need each other. We, I, we going to need each other. Devil knows that. He knows that. He knows that. Amen. Plain and simple to do. I'm not worried about it. Don't you be don't you be sitting here scared. What's what's the first line in PJ song? The God we serve is what? How the song go? Y'all just sung? No, no, we haven't sung it yet. We singing it after the offering. Okay. Well, how it go, PJ? The God we serve is what? All powerful. What's the next line? We serve is undefeatable. At his name alone, what? Demons do what? Tremble. What? Are, look at somebody say, what you scared of? Why don't you know you can speak to a UFO and make it stop? That ain't nothing but a demon. Look at somebody, well, I'll let you do that then. I'll just stand behind you and just with my eyes closed shaking and you tell me how, how, how I went. <laughs> Trust your pastor. That's why God called you the pastor. See, I become the pastor then. You the pastor. You the leader. God has called you. He's risen you up in this hour. You are the man of the hour. You the oh yeah they, yeah yeah. I'm the pastor then. When the little green man walk in the service, everybody oh get him oh. Get him pastor. Get up. 
time such as this. It's a time such as this that you was called. <laughs> Amen. I am not afraid. I'm looking forward to the fireworks. Look at somebody. I, you know, when I read what Elijah did on Mount, uh, uh, Mount Carmel, oh, when I read that kind of stuff where he just wet all the wood up, like he let them use regular wood and they couldn't do it. Then he wet it all up, filled trenches up so the wood was floating in water. And then he prayed a simple prayer. It was real simple. Just, Lord, just do this. Pow! And then folks say, oh, I can just pray that prayer. No, no, you don't understand. He already had a relationship before that. He had been praying before that. He was going against the greatest power, one of the greatest demonic powers in the whole Bible. So powerful that it was brought up again in Revelations 2. The spirit of Jezebel. Amen. The spirit of Jezebel, powerful. Amen. I asked some of these brothers is married to one. That's some tough stuff, Jack. You got to do what she say. You got to do what she say. Yeah, when she says time to leave this church, you got to go. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> hey, when she say, it's deuces. And you just... Yeah. That's what Elijah faced. He faced that spirit. So he was ready. That spirit made him pray and seek the Lord. And wet wood up, wood just floating in water and called down fire, burned the wood up, burned the people up, killed all the prophets of Baal. Man, that must have been a showdown right there. Oh my God, I want to see that kind of stuff again. I do. I want to see the devil get whipped like that. I do. Yes. So let's go. Let's go! It's plain and simple to do, but the flesh makes it hard because it wars against your spirit to do it consistently. In this last hour, how many of you know it's the last hour? In this last hour, we must pray until we pray. That's my motto and my theme. Now that comes from, that's a very old Puritan thing. Puritans taught that way back in the, in the early, early, early ages of America. They taught, pray until you pray. I have to do that. Even now, I say it. Like, I'll get down, I'll start talking to the Lord or whatever, and then my mind will go somewhere sometimes. I'll start thinking about something. I got a big head, and I got a lot of people in here, and a lot going on with EX ministry. Then I got a family and all that, so sometimes my mind would just go somewhere, and I just got all off the subject. And then I would tell myself, uh-uh, I ain't getting up. I got to pray until I pray. That's what I do. I said, I got to pray until I pray. I fire something else up. Let's go, Lord. I got to do this. And I'll stay there until I pray. Look at somebody and say, pray until you pray. So in this time, yeah, I mean, come on now. We all human. So y'all got stuff on your mind. 
God don't want the sleepy head prayer. You down there half sleep, praying and talking and half sleep. Getting all off the subject. Mind somewhere else. He don't want that. So what you do is when that happens, because it's going to happen. Depending on how early it is. Sometimes if it's real early, it's going to happen. And you just pray until you pray. So in this last hour, we have to pray until we pray. We must seek God until we get answers. Most importantly, we must never give up. You can't, if you give up on prayer, you gave up on God. The world, is, the world is crumbling right before our eyes. And if we focus on the destruction, we will miss what God is wanting from us. Do you think he forgot that we were here? Do, he, do you think he forgot you were here? So you can't focus on the destruction. If we focus on the destruction, we will miss what God is wanting from us. He wants to pull us in close and protect us from the judgment of this world. When we commune with him, draw nigh to him, he promised he would draw nigh what? To us. And if God is with us, he is more than the world against us. Amen? Best example in the whole Bible. That's why I say Daniel is the man. He just, Daniel was saved on a level that most of us don't even understand. This man was in captivity and they couldn't do nothing with him. Put him in a lion's den, lions wouldn't even eat him. And behold, this is Daniel. After he had prayed, he said, behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. So a hand reached down literally pulled him up on his knees and his hands. He's on his hands and his knees. And it said, and he said unto me, this, this being, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Ooh, I want, the, I want the beings to say that about me. My goodness. The being came down and called him beloved. A man greatly beloved. This is how God felt about me. Do you know you're greatly beloved? A being came down, lifted you up because you was laying prostrate, about to give up, lifted you up and said, you are greatly beloved. Understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Hmm. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard. And I am come for thy words. I heard you the first day. You know, in Daniel's mind, he's thinking, but this is 21 days later. Where were you? He said, the first day you said it, I heard you. Your words were heard. He said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. Wow. Who is the prince of Persia? This is a principality over Persia. Wow. It's a spirit. A demon power kept this being from getting the answer to the prayer to Daniel. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. But lo, 
the goat. <laughs> he, he is definitely among angels. <laughs> he the goat. Michael, one of the chief princes, came to do what? Help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. So they held him up for 20 days and he had to get help from the greatest of all times, Michael. Michael came, helped them. They fought the princes of Persia and finally got through. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall the people when? When? In the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. The, pop, the most powerful thing about this passage is that what this being was bringing was for the latter days. And obviously, the prince and powers of the air didn't want people to know what was going to happen in the latter days. What time is it? the latter days. So in order for us to find out what we need to be doing and get our word from God, we got to intercede and be persistent. We have to petition like Daniel did. He never gave up. He petitioned for it. Even when it was held up, he kept petitioning for it while the angels had to come and assist. But the word got to him and the word's going to get to us. Amen? Amen? Everyone stand to your feet. Amen. Y'all, this is, y'all know it's a spiritual battle, right? It's a spiritual battle, and I know you're in here. You're fighting for your families. You're fighting for your marriages. You're fighting for your home. You just want to keep everything the way God wants it, so when he returns, it'll all look like he wants it to look. Amen? And that's your witness to the world. The world sees it. They'll ask you questions. You can witness to it. You don't have to go door to door. You don't have to buy a bullhorn. You don't have to do any of that. You could just live right before them, do what you're supposed to be doing. They will ask you. Especially with what's going on now. They'll ask you. Like, you're not even afraid to social distance, man. You're just walking right up on people. Say, well, I just, I, I just believe in the blood of Jesus. Amen. I just do. I just believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe I'm going to be protected. I'm not afraid of that. Amen. Amen. God has delivered me from sickness before. I've been sick before. That's not going to stop me from witnessing. It's not going to stop me from sharing answers with somebody that has questions. It's not going to stop my biblical mandate to love one another. Amen. I know how to wash my hands and use hand sanitizer. I bathe. Amen. I know how to eat right and build my immune system up. Amen. You can't go with confidence going up to people if it's Taco Tuesday every day. That's why they say Tuesday. <laughs> so we're gonna do we're gonna do our due diligence to do what we should be doing, but man, we're not gonna shy away from opportunities to get somebody out of this fire. Amen. 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 The hour is late. 
And we want to be among those that made an impact in the last days. And that impact doesn't have to be on the internet or, or standing before a crowd. That impact can be right in your home with you doing what you need to do in your home. Changing the life of somebody else's home. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this hour that you've selected us to live in. This time that you picked us to live in. Obviously, God, you know what is coming. You know what is happening. And yet you selected us to live in this time that many of the apostles and prophets and preachers of old thought about and preached about and talked about and prophesied about and spoke about. God, you've placed us right in this, in the line of fire. So I pray, Father God, right now that you will gird up your people, prepare us for what is coming. Most importantly, God, give us the prayer life we need. Help us to reach out to you. Help us to seek you before we make big decisions, Father God, that may hinder or may have a ripple effect or whatever, God. Help us to come to you first and talk to you and wait for the answer. Father, help us to pray, Father God, for what is to come in this world and help us to pray for these end time events and before we make emotional decisions. Help us to pray and seek you before we make decisions based on uh, hearsay and what others have said or what others are doing. God, help us to seek you first. Father God, in this hour so that we can be sure and know that we have moved at your will. Father God, before we say it, before we do it, before let us seek you and build that relationship God help us to build communion with you intercession with you petition with you father God so that while we're waiting just as Daniel waited 21 days while we're waiting we can develop a relationship with you where you would call us greatly beloved in this last hour and Father God, help us to not worry. We speak against fear right now. We speak against doubt. Most importantly, God, we cast unbelief out of our midst. It can't dwell here. Take it out, God. Every instance of it, every ounce of it, anyone that is doubting, Father God, just remove them. Let them go where they can believe. But God, we need belief in here for this hour so that we can be a unified fellowship to believe through these end times. As you carry us through, protect us, lead us, and guide us, we'll believe that you are who you say you are and that your hand is on this fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.